0: everyone. How's it going? I do hope it's going well. Welcome to Mustard MMA. For all the new listeners, we are your first place to go to get all your latest UFC chat. My name's Joe. I'm joined by Matthew, as always. We've got, we've got a big pay-per-view coming up the weekend. We've got bright sunshine outside. The summer is coming. I can smell it on the breeze.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, how you doing, Joe? That is quite the intro. How are you good, doing, mate? mate? You're looking good. All that sunshine. It's, it's got the uh, endorphins high, in not it? Yeah, uh, how have you been? How have you been this week?
0: Again, quiet, isn't it? Quiet. Not a lot going on. I did see that from Monday holidays are going to be made illegal until the end of June, which is slightly disappointing, ain't it? But other than that, I'm doing well.
1: Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I don't really go on holiday day anyway, so it's not, <laughs> not uh, much effect to me. I'm actually uh, moving house at the minute. Um, oh, so pretty some, stressful for me, you news. know. I mean, well, I say moving house. I, I need to find somewhere to live. Yeah, it's a little bit different, so it's quite stressful, but um, apart from that, all good, all good.
0: Nice. Well, hopefully we can get a last little ass-warming going. Well, um,
1: absolutely buzzing right, in persons, Joe. Absolutely buzzing. We need to get a game whenever we're allowed. Obviously, holidays are illegal, but I don't think mustard episodes are, and we're <laughs> going to get back to one now, aren't we?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, it would be absolutely a pleasure to, to sit down and break down the Derek Brunson-Kevin Holland fight at the weekend, wouldn't it, really? Because that was... That was all action. It was all going off. Derek Brunson picked up the win. I think we kind of, I think in the end we both went for Kevin Holland, didn't we? Gun to our heads, that sort of scenario. We went for Kevin Holland on the win streak. Matt shagging his head, so I'm guessing he went with Brunson. I'll have to give him that. I went with the old lad, didn't I? <laughs> Did I? Oh, I I'm not sure. I thought gun to your head. You uh, bottled it. Probably. Probably. Go uh, will continue. <laughs> Yeah, so it wasn't a fantastic fight, really, wasn't it? It was funny, I saw, I don't know have seen the clip of Dana walking out, like in the fifth, fifth round, as soon as Brunson got the last takedown, he was like, all right, fuck this. Which <laughs> <laughs> is great, and it was also funny seeing Khabib sitting there streaming it to his mates on his phone, I thought it was quite funny as well, but anyway. I see
1: Dana's uh, uh, clamped down on that
0: stream. Yeah, yeah, big time. But yeah, Brunson, fair play to him, it is a good win. The fight itself... If I'm being completely honest, it it wasn't fantastic, was it? And I was the strange thing is Kevin Holland, he was he was giving it the big one, kinda of chatting all throughout. And I'm sure he was taking it seriously. But like he is a fist fight at the end of the day, but his body language wasn't great. But I do feel that like was a bit of a missed opportunity. I think some of the takedowns were kind of given to Brunson a little bit. And then obviously he spent a lot of time on the floor, didn't he? Just kinda of chatting, chatting shit, basically. So, you know, the, uh, overall my kind of overriding feeling was that I was a little bit disappointed with Kevin Holland coming out of that one. I did expect better, and I think there was potential to do better. I don't, as dominant as Brunson was in the end, I don't think Brunson looked that impressive, if that was fair, fair, fair to say.
1: Yeah, I think Brunson's decent. We said it last week. He's quite underrated. Um, a lot of his big defeats stick in people's minds, I think. But he's beaten a lot of good guys. But I do think he was there for the take really. I think it was in the first or second round. He really had him hurt, and he sort of was just... Uh, pissing about, really, Holland. I thought it was quite funny for the first round, all his chat and stuff. That wore very thin, very quickly for me. And it's like, yeah, we get it, your, your jokes. Uh, now, I don't know why his corner team were just sort of taking it either. So, I don't know, it was just a bit boring to watch. And I think I think he thought going into that, oh, yeah, this is why people love me. This is why I'm going to get all the big fights and stuff. I'm going to ham it up. But as it turns out, it's just a bit um, annoying and not that funny, really. So, I was glad Brunson did get the win, albeit a little bit of a boring win. But he did what he had to do. So,
0: well, fair play to him. To be fair to him, you've got to give him this one, haven't you? I, cause I don't know if he saw, but it was the first time he's ever gone to the fourth round, Brunson, in his entire career, which tell, tells you what kind of fighter he is, really. So you do give him this one, I think. I think that's fair enough. And to be honest, it's not really for us to judge either, is it? He could, he goes through and smashes everyone fighting like that, then then fair play to him. But, I mean, what do you see him doing next? Is he going to, you know... Dare we say, Dana White might not be too impressed after that. Is he going to be throwing him in for title fights and contenders and stuff like that? Personally, not well, not too sure about that?
1: Well, he might be. He might be one of those situations where uh, he's done it before. And he, Dana, he sort of, sort of um, punishes you by giving you someone <laughs> really good. True. So that might happen. He's called out Paolo Costa. Will Paolo have uh, sobered up by the time this all rolls around for a fight with Brunson? We don't know. You've got to think Costa probably beats Brunson though, right? So, But he can only go up, what was he, 5th, 6th, something like that in the rankings. Feb, um, featherweight, middleweight's all over the place at the minute, so it's hard to sort of really gauge a road map to use that term for someone like Brunson. But yeah, I, I do like the Costa fight, it makes sense. Costa's obviously pulled out of his fight with uh, Robert Whittaker, and it makes sense rankings-wise, so why not?
0: Yeah, no, fair play to uh, Derek Brunson, good win. Kevin Holland, we'll see where he can go, he's still got potential, when not he? Maybe he did just ham it up a little bit too much on that one. But someone who did look a lot more impressive, that is Montel Jackson. He beat Jesse Strader. First round KO. I think Strader was quite short notice, I do believe. Quite inexperienced. I think he's only maybe had seven fights overall. Montel Jackson looked good, though. He can't do much better, can he? On a bit on a, on a decent little opportunity, good card for him.
1: Yeah, we called it last week, didn't he? He just smashed him, really. It was, it was a level to the game. Not one mention of his of his big hands, though, which is very disappointing due to the the short fight time, so I was hoping for a, a little mention there, but they didn't. Um, also tied to I got another short-notice short, uh, short notice replacement. This was Probably like levels above him four, as
0: well. Four days or something, wasn't it, this one? It was even, le- even less than that, maybe. Yeah, and actually smashed him
1: as a result, didn't they?
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, Harry Hunsucker, how we missed that name, first of all. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic name. So shout-out him for stepping in. Two of Avasa is very dangerous, and the I think he's moved camps, and he, like he's literally moved. He's out in in Dubai. I think he said, isn't he training there? And he looked good. To be fair, I think all he, all two of us ever really needed to do was focus up a little bit and uh, just commit to it a little bit more. And I think if he does that, he's got a lot of potential. Obviously, you're asking a lot to go out there and beat Steve Hayes and mm-hmm. and John Jones and people like that. But fantastic character to have around. I think he's put a, I think he's put a couple of wins on the bounce together now to Avassa. so big fights ahead for him and it's always going to be exciting when he fights Shuey's left right and centre it's all going off
1: <laughs> yeah he, he's a fantastic character he needed these fights I think he was quite inexperienced and he sort of shot up the rankings pretty quickly didn't he and he, he got did. exposed a little bit too early but he was a little bit too green I think he needs these fights to sort of build that confidence while he's rounding out his game when he's not in the cage so Hopefully, next time out, get maybe get a top 15. Maybe uh, Tom Aspinall, something like that, would be a good fight for him.
0: We mentioned Grant Dawson going into this week with an impressive record up against Leonardo Santos. He actually stepped up in weight, Dawson. He's a featherweight. This was at lightweight. Santos, an old, wily veteran. I don't think he's lost for like 12 years. Something mad like that. He's a big lightweight as well. And Santos probably was winning the fight. It was kind of fairly close. Not too much happened either way, to be honest. Kind of Dawson looked more, I guess, I guess, aggressive, kind of more enigmatic in a way. But it was kind of falling away from him. And it was James Krause in his corner. He actually done really well before the last round actually got into him, got in focus. Told him to stop going for the takedown because he'd been trying it for 10 minutes. And it hadn't really been working. So he went out. Dawson started well, threw a couple of digs, looked all right, and then went for another takedown again. It actually worked. He got him down. And then it kind of petered out a little bit. Nothing much was too going on. Nothing much was going on. A little bit of side control. Half guard. And then with about four seconds on the clock, Dawson steps up, gets a bit of posture, throws five or six hammer fists. And by the third one, Leonardo Santos was out cold. Gum shield flying out everywhere. Just just one second left on the clock in the end when a ref stepped in and called it. He wanted the 50, 50 Gs afterwards. He wants that performance bonus. And it, it was just, it was just madness, really.
1: I'm surprised you didn't go to the toilet for the last minute of that fight. I yeah, miss it.
0: Usually, usually I would.
1: <laughs> but that just shows you, innit? You, you've got to just stick with it to the very bitter end as a fan. Like, you can be tempted if there's quite a few fights to get through. I'm ashamed to say I do fast forward a couple uh, <laughs> to think, oh, this looks like a decision." I'll get to the end of this one. And now uh, you have got to stick with it, man. You get a win like Dawson. Um, for your viewing pleasure on a Sunday morning, what a great win for him! Oh, I mean, one... And Krause on Krause as well. He, he's he's getting a lot of plaudits of late for various different uh, bits of corner work and in the cage as well. So yeah, big personality, good to see that.
0: Amazing. One second left. Just just superb. Someone else who looked good, I thought as well. Max Griffin beat Kanan Song round one TKO. It's actually the first time he's put two wins on the bounce together since 2016, January 2016. So, Max Griffin, 35 years of age, could be maturing like a fine wine or a fine cheese, something along those lines. So, good performance from Max Griffin. I like that one. Someone else, Adrian Yanes, bantamweight division, big Gustavo Lopez. Just looked pretty good, actually. Looked like would be a nice addition. All stand-up, all striking, but looked outstanding. And then, one more that you wanted to shout out, Matthew?
1: Yeah, before it, I was looking forward to seeing uh, Trevor Giles and Roman De Lidze. actually come up short in this one. It's very back and forth. I think... The consensus was that the uh, Lidze was going to get the decision when they read 29-28 across the ball. Giles actually got it in the end, but I don't think you can argue a robbery either way. It was a very close fight. Uh, Giles moves on, but I think the uh, Lidze did look equally as impressive. So, yeah, good fight. Um, shame for De coming up short, but happy for Giles.
0: And we also had the Cage Warriors trilogy over the course of the weekend. Young Matthews here with Young Matt's breakdown. That doesn't really rhyme very well, does it? It doesn't really flow.
1: No, I mean, if I'm going to be given my own section, I think a little bit of um, a bit of fault. Perhaps a bit of a sort of better name yeah. might suffice. Young Matt's Breakdown.
0: M- Matt's Mustard Breakdown. I can't think of another word for <laughs> breakdown. It's the only one I've got. <laughs> in
1: my... Analysis. I wouldn't call it an analysis, certainly. Uh, oh, but anyway, Joe. Go on. Big Matt's <laughs> British Breakdown. <laughs> That's fucking That's... awesome. <laughs> um... I'll rifle through this, Joe. There was three events. All of the, the legendary York Hall and Bethnal Green. Um, so basically, if you don't know, Cage Warriors—they sort of got a little bubble formed. They haven't had an event since what March last year or something. Um, Probably, something like that. It's a long, long time. Um, correct me if I'm wrong with that. They did three uh, events on the bounce—the trilogy. Um, all sorts of going on: title fights, tournament fights, return of some big names. Um, I'm sure you've seen it, Joe. I don't know what day it was on, but Ian Gary, his head kick KO has gone viral. Young Irishman, surging prospects in the semi-final of the Welterweight tournament. Um, He meets Jack Grant, who also got a win in the semi-final, but potential superstar in Ian Gary. They're they're treating him like an old boxer, you would. You're just bringing him up through the ranks, uh, picking his opponents, developing him well. Um, I think he's going to go on to big, big things. Huge well away, massive star out of Ireland. 6-0 now, I think, so look to see him in the UFC not too long from now. Um, I don't know if you saw this one, Joe. Jack Cartwright, bantamweight champion, retained due to disqualification to Sylvester Miller. Got disqualified for many illegal headbutts, which was quite <laughs> challenging to say.
0: I, well, I have to admit, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen it, but I, I saw it in your notes, and it, it just sounds fantastic.
1: Yeah, I mean... It, get to round four and he'd been warned numerous times by uh, our mate Richie Mitchell
0: what sort, what sort of situation was he doing him in there like a clinch he was just throwing it in there so,
1: so what was happening was he was he was on like uh, in Cartwright's guard or half guard side control things like that and he was laying, laying down some ground and pound I'm going to try and show you now but what, what happens is this Sylvester's got, uh, he's got like, short arms <laughs> right. so he, it was, when he was throwing down the punches his head was coming with him <laughs> He's kept headbutting Cartwright. I think he had a point taken off as well in like round three or round two. He had numerous warnings from Mitchell and he did it again in the full round. And you're thinking, and Mitchell's like, no, that's enough, mate. And he was screwing Miller. Um, he couldn't believe it, but he hit, yeah, a first. That was one of the first I've seen there, like multiple illegal headbutts. But, um,
0: Brilliant.
1: Yeah, that was a huge talking point over the weekend. Uh, new Title holder in the featherweight division, Jordan Vujinich, He got a big win over five rounds. And Paddy Pimlick, Joe, he made his return with a slick round one sub, and he was calling Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby, Dana White, doing the old phone sign, get on the phone to Graham Boyle and I want to come up sort of thing. So fully expect to see him in the UFC not far from now. What do you make of that one?
0: Yeah, fantastic. Congratulations to everyone involved. Getting it back up and running, it's nice to see. You obviously need a, a thriving uk scene sort of native scene to bring up the sport don't you hopefully we see a few of those make their move into the USC paddy Pimlet fantastic character and it always it always enlivens the sport doesn't it enriches your experience seeing these seeing these British lads doing well within your own country within your own kind of tournament and then going on to the USc it's always good to see so by the sounds of it we've got some cracking talent coming through a couple of years we might have a few little champions in the USc
1: he is open, eh? He is open. But Ian Gary, he, he's the one to watch for me,
0: definitely. All right, so that takes us on then to the news. So, as always, we are going to start with the fight announcements and a couple of pullouts as well. Probably pull-out might have not been the best turn of phrase there, but you know what I mean. It's not a very reliable method. <laughs> no. Apparently, so I've heard. So we'll start with the 145 division. Probably, probably, the, arguably, arguably the biggest news that we've got. Certainly, the most disappointing, I would say. And that is COVID. It has struck again, and Volkanovsky, Ortega has been postponed. There's there's COVID in the camp somewhere. I think it's Volkanovsky himself, isn't it? He's tested positive. So, hopefully, hopefully he's alright. Obviously, hopefully he gets through that. But yeah, definitely, definitely disappointing that one, isn't it? A huge main event that we were all looking forward to, Matthew. Any more to add to that? Anything you want to see happen in the meantime? Should we just wait Um, to uh, get that rearranged?
1: I think it'll just be a matter of a couple of weeks, isn't it? I think it's one of those cases where he got tested negative, got tested negative, and then there's a random positive one come up. So hopefully it's symptomless and he's not too unwell and he can get cracking again a couple of weeks. It's disappointing, isn't it? Because actually probably fancied Ortega in that one. And either way, it would have been an intriguing fight. Um, Obviously, we'll get into the main event a little bit later, but it's uh, awful to happen on the week of, you know what I mean? But yeah, we'll see it soon enough.
0: Same division, this one at USC 263, an old school mustard MMA favourite, Hakim Dewodu, up against Mozart Evluev, who's on a bit of a rise in that division. So that's one to look out to. We're kind of expecting big things of Dewodu for a while now, aren't we? And I think with a win here, now, after that, he would really, really be off to the races in there. So I'm excited for that one on a big pay per view card as well.
1: Yeah, I like the way but I think Evloev's pretty underrated. No one's really talking about him. I think he can make a bit of a splash. This is similar to that um, S- uh, Yudik Su- uh what's his name? Sadiq Yusuf. Yusuf, yeah. Yusuf. <laughs> <laughs> okay. him, him, and Arnold Allen, so like two sort of prospects going at it. So it's, it's nice to see this one. I think evloev I, uh, I fancy him here. I think he might go on a bit of a run as well. I think we'll see him in the top 10 not far from now.
0: And then we moved swiftly on up a few divisions to the 185 division. And you called it last week, Matthew. Made a little bit of a fool of myself with with my analysis, and you came you came swooping in and just delivered the the, the death knoll, the killing blow. And the next day it was literally announced Kelvin gasolim had stepped in for Whitaker, for Coster against Whitaker. And I mean, to be honest, Gasolim went on a little bit of a bad run, didn't he? A few losses, one win, straight back in there, wins here. Up for a title fight again in a, in a lot of ways. So, nice little opportunity for Gasolim. He called it out, didn't he? As, he? as you mentioned, he asked for it. He made, he made it be known that he was available. And it, here it is. It's fallen in his lap.
1: Uh, I'm up for it. I think it's actually a better fight than the Costa one. We were meant to see it about probably nearly two years to the Dana um, for that title. Got called last minute, didn't it? But I think it's a great fight. I think he's just a dodgy matchup for Robert Whitaker. I really do. I think he's just stylistically suitable for him. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see. I'm glad he's just back in the mix now instead of on that just jank run that he was on before. So it's good to see him up there. And as you say, a win puts him potentially in for a rematch with Izzy. What a fight that'll be!
0: Another fight added to a pay-per-view card. This time USC 262. It is Edmund Shabazian up against Jack Hermanson. Very interesting little fight here. Both of them coming off a little loss. So again, them two, same division, as we say. It's... Those two names, gonna if they get a win here, they're going to be asking for number one contenders as well.
1: Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? We were talking about Shabazzian just last week. I haven't spoken about him for about a year. <laughs> um, and now he's got a fight made. So it's an interesting one. That middleweight division's just all over the place. I have no idea who's ranked where. I know Hermanson was like five not long ago, and he's probably barely top ten now. Shabazzian was a prospect, and then that got put paid to by Brunson. So this is a nice fight to sort of get back on the beaten track in that division. So see who's going to make that next push.
0: And then all the way back down to one three, 5 TJ Dillashaw is back. It's the fight that we actually called months ago, and it is Corey Sandhagen. May the 8th, this one has been announced for. It is, it's it's kind of like this an ideal, picture-perfect fight, really, isn't it? It just makes so much sense on so many levels. I don't know how I feel about it, because I kind of did like TJ, and I would kind of like to see him do well, because he's just good, isn't he? He's a good fighter. But I do I feel like I am rooting for Sandhagen in this one at the moment.
1: Yeah, you've got to root for San Hagen here, surely. I mean, I, I think
0: like... The
1: not talk having it TJ. Uh, TJ. I mean, huh?
0: Not having it with TJ?
1: Nah, nah. No, not for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Not, not for me, son. Nah. Um, I'm i San Hagen all day long here. I mean, I think like all the talk of TJ coming back straight for a title shot, he lost his last fight, then got done for drugs, so... No way he should be coming back. This is perfect for the UFC, though. Like, TJ comes back and wins, he's beaten the number one contender in Sanhagen. If Sanhagen wins, he's beaten the former champion in TJ. So they've got a ready-made superstar for whoever wins out of Yam and Sterling. But it's a, it's a cracking fight. Like, take away all the narrative and everything like that. It's just a great fight anyway. Two killers, basically. So well up for it. I, I fancy Sanhagen, though. I mean, he's been active. He's been smashing it. TJ, we don't know what he's been up to. So, yeah, you, you've got to fancy Sanhagen, I think.
0: And Rob Font has got the big fight that he deserves. I think we all agree with that. And that is Corey Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt, even. There's too many. Corey's, Cody's. There's too many. (laughs) But May 22nd, so a couple of weeks after that one. Obviously, Garbrandt's pulled out of a a few fights recently, so hopefully everything goes well and we actually get to see this one on time. But uh, Rob Font, as I said, deserved this one for a little while now. His last fight was superb, wasn't it? Only... Not too long ago, a week, a matter of weeks ago. So this is a fantastic one, and stylistically, both big punchers, both going out there to find out a knockout blow. It's just just going to be fireworks.
1: Yeah, just that division, and it? it's just steeped full of talent. I mean, this isn't even in your top threes and fours, I don't think. So just shows you how deep that division is. Cracking fight, cracking fight. Can't wait for it.
0: And then finally, the one five five division. Mason Jones has got a fight announced against Alan Patrick on June the fifth. A little bit of a wait there. Unfortunately I think he's probably looking to get in there a bit quicker But the big news this week Matthew In terms of the 155 division where we are at at the moment It's kind of the the worst kept secret I'm not even sure it was a secret I don't even really know why it's news But Khabib has officially retired I guess vacating the title is, is the vital part He has officially retired Even though he literally did say he had retired already So that's official it's officially official. A few more officials. And there has been a fight announced for the title. Michael Chandler up against Charles Oliveira. It's kind of split opinion, I think, a little bit. I think we've had a, a few people saying perhaps Chandler doesn't deserve the shot. Perhaps Oliveira himself doesn't deserve the shot. Dustin Poirier might be a better contender. Dustin Poirier doesn't seem to want the title at the moment. He seems to want the Connor, the Connor trilogy, the third fight, the big money fight, which fair play to him. I don't think you can knock him for that in... In my opinion. But as it is, Michael Chandler is up against Oliveira for the title, May the 15th. What do you think a bit about this one, Matthew? Obviously, Khabib has retired. It is official. He's vacated. It was the right thing to do. I don't, don't really know why it took so long. But I actually quite like this fight. Considering the circumstances. Porier don't want it. Connor don't deserve it. Gaethje. Overlooked slightly. I guess you could throw his name into the mix. But I don't mind this one. I'm, I'm rooting for Oliveira. I want to see him do well. All right, he only beat Tony Ferguson last time, but all in all, I think it's a good one. Chandler took his opportunity, didn't he? You can't really knock him for what he done. He sparked he sparked one of your top boys in in the first round. So yeah, get stuck into it.
1: Yeah, I don't mind the fight at all. I think it's a I don't think they're the two best lightweights who are active at the minute though. I think that's the thing that's sort of people's gripe. I think what it probably is the fact that there isn't a highlight of either of these two getting choked out by the vacating champion of, in recent memory. You've got Poirier, Gaethje, and Connor all tapping in the last, what, two years to him. Um, I suppose that'd be a little bit difficult to market. So I think that may be in the thinking of bringing in Chandler and Oliveira, but at the same time, Oliveira's been on a, what, eight-fight win streak anyway, so he would deserve it nonetheless. And Chandler, as you say, he sort of took his opportunity and grabbed it with both hands. He's said all the right things, he's done all the right things, and he's put himself in place in a lot could be learned from what he's done, I think, since coming over from Bellator. Um, but we put it out there, Joe, didn't we? We said, what do people make of this fight? And a lot of people have said the sort of similar things, really. They're not really thinking these are the two best ones out there for it. I think a lot of them don't want to see Connor. Um, I'll read a couple for you, Joe. Cupper's uh, MMA, very yes. underwhelming. She was not happy with it at all. I won't read it word for word, Joe, but uh, she want, basically wants Dustin in a title fight, which I think
0: makes sense, don't you think? Um, it does make it, it, the Dustin. It does make sense. Dustin is the best, the outstanding one in there at the moment, I think, with his with his with his work and his back catalogue. But he himself, I assume, doesn't want it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, that's. I think that's the thing. Um, if he doesn't want it, you can't make him fight for it. <laughs> he wants to go for that kind of fight because he knows he's got the beating on him and he can earn probably about treble to. Trebled a bank balance on it. Um, She goes on to make a good point here, actually. Uh, He wasn't even Bellator champion, Chandler, before he left. And if he wins the title, Bellator have got a champion who's beat the current UFC champion. So it doesn't really sort of um, market the UFC very well. So, yes, she's baffled by that. Your boy CJRZSSI, cracking name there. He wants Dustin in there, but against Oliveira, that's the fight he wants to see. Inside cage MMA, they want Oliveira or Chandler. Oliveira versus Chandler or Oliveira versus Gaethje. So they're going to be happy boys up there in Scotland, I think. Um, UFC, well, I think it's a great fight. Dragon Sport Media, Kimru, Joseph. They like the fight. They think Dustin should be in there. They think this perhaps points to a Connor Dustin, ultimate fighter. So what do you make of that? Obviously, we thought the Masvidal, Colby thing was going to be the, the tough coach. Cheers. Maybe Usman and Masvidal. Uh, Dana, said, uh, Dana himself said it would be welterweights, but it doesn't look like it now. They're going to need big names to bring them back, but what bigger names than Dustin and Connor? Do you reckon that's something that's uh, a possibility?
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like most people generally feel like Dustin should deserve the shot, so that is fair enough. When you look at the f- Otherwise, once you take that out of it, like you say, I do like Oliveira Chandler. In terms of tough, I don't know. Would I? I'm not. Do you care? I'm not... Yeah, uh, not overly, not overly, and I'm not sure if Connor would be that into that. It's quite a big commitment, as far as I understand it, and with his with his bank balance, probably standing there one day in the gym, waiting for some bloke to sort out the lighting and some bloke with like one of those sound things, like those feather duster things, he's like telling him to move here and do that, and you probably just think, do you know what? Sod this, I'm going home. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't... I, I, think it, I think it suggests that Dustin Poirier is going to fight Conor McGregor for, just for the sake of it. But I'm not sure about the tough talks, personally.
1: Yeah, you might be right, Joe. You might be right. Um, but with the Dustin-Conor thing, I don't know why they didn't do Dustin versus, I don't know, Oliveira, Conor versus someone else. Let them both win and they do the trilogy with Dustin as champion or something like that. It would have made it so much more bigger if Connell comes off a win, it's more marketable that he actually is back rather than these pesky calf kick sort of talks where they're <laughs> pretending that's the reason they lost. Um, I don't know, it just doesn't sit well with me. And it's a bit, I don't know, a bit demoralising that the top contender in there don't even want the title shot. So, yeah, it's a bit disappointing, but a good fight nonetheless. And I'm just glad that the division's moving again.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because I do like it. I do like it. I think Gaethje got screwed over a little bit from what, from what we can tell. I think he was ready to sign the contract and then he woke up one day and it went elsewhere, but I like it. I do like the fight, so we'll leave it at that and then we can move on to the entertainment section with your girl Lorraine. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the first one we're going to start with, Michael Bisbing, yeah, man. The count, he's joined the BC team, hasn't he? They've got Nick Pete, Adam Catterall, a few others over there. And they got Michael Bisbing, so I think he's gonna be on a certain certain shows. I think they got a whole like leading up to big cards, I think they've got like a week of programming. I think on like the Monday they got this, on Tuesday they've got Dan Hardy doing a breakdown, then they got what have you. So Bisbing joining, obviously we're massive fans. He's a great personality. I'm looking forward to it. I think I think that will entice me to watch him a little bit more. I do like what he has to say most of the time, Bisbing, to be honest. I think he's most of the time quite level-headed and I think he's got a lot of experience and I think the way he talks about MMA comes from a good place a lot of the time so I'm excited for this one. I think it bodes well for BT and obviously as fans and I'm sure all of you listening are hoping that BT can continue to grow if you think maybe, what, a few years ago BT had the USC but that was pretty much it. They had they showed the, they showed the cards, didn't they? Prelims and the main card and then that they, slowly they've started introducing kind of embedded programs and things like that like youtube is going good guns as well they get their ad into their team they're getting michael bisbing in they're putting on four weeks of programming in, in, in the lead up to fight so hopefully it can sort of grow a bit and you might even end up with like a bt mma channel something like that
1: well they they, they smash it let's be honest they've been doing a great job for, for a while now and you can see it over the last year or so they've just been building and building this team um it's interesting i thought oh, Michael Bisping's coming in before Dan Hardy because Dan Hardy's no longer sort of a UFC employee. And then I, I turn it on and he's in the poster with him. So that's a good thing, I suppose. Dan Hardy's still sticking around in some capacity. Um, Bisping, he, he offers something completely different to Dan Hardy. I do like Dan Hardy, very analytical. Um, says things that no other pundit really says. But I think Bisping does the same as well. I think he's quite underrated with his actual breakdown of fights because uh, he's known for his, almost his comedy. And And the way he delivers things, but um, yeah, I think it's a great addition, Joe, I think because obviously Pete and Carol are busy tied up with b t sport they, there's there's room for us, I think they need us to do sort of some interviews as well, so ship us around the country, some london based uh interviews, what do you reckon?
0: yeah not too so far
1: no not <laughs> <laughs> north of the river you are at happy days, but nothing much further than that, but enough good addition, mate.
0: And we've also got a little bit of a milestone. It is ten years, I think, last week at the weekend, maybe since John Jones first won the light heavyweight title. Just absolute madness. Ten years, and he's still he's still the champ, obviously vacated now, hasn't he? I guess he's moving up to heavyweight, but for the last ten years, he's been at the top of the tree. Like, when you think about it, it's just madness, really. What was he? Twenty three, was he when he, when he won his title? So, yeah, just something to look back on, and obviously look forward to his appearance, at reappearance at heavyweight as well.
1: Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? And you've got to think like the amount of time he's been out in some of those, uh, in that 10-year period, and he's just come back and just smashed people even more so. So, yeah, yeah I can't believe that's 10 years. That just makes me feel so old. That's um, yeah. I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. I remember, I remember when he shot onto the scene, though, it was clear he was going to uh, win the title at some point. I remember actually emailing Paddy Power. I don't even know if I told you, told you this story. I swear I did years cool. ago. I emailed him saying, John Jones, can you get, this was before they did odds. Properly on the UFC, you know you can get like next UFC champion, blah blah blah. So can you give me on on this John Jones fella to be champion? Bearing in mind, I did it like a year before he actually won it, but he only had a couple of fights. And you no, know, we don't do that sort of thing. They said, uh, and <laughs> um, and then he goes and wins it about a year later. So gutted <laughs> with that. But yeah, he, he, then first four five, you know, where he beat Shogun, Machida, Rashad, Rampage, all them. He didn't even break a sweat doing it. Yes, he struggled a little bit of late, but I think he's just bored, probably, of the, the latest contenders. So he's just coasting through. Them early ones, he was something to watch. Yes, there's an asterisk next to his career, but but me, what a talent.
0: And speaking of the light heavyweight division, just to finish it off, Darren Stewart, after his loss last week, got to chuck him in, obviously. We might have to give him his own section. He's moving up to 205, which came out of the blue a little bit for me. I'm not sure if it's been official, but I think it has been doing the rounds on social media a little bit. Interesting. You think I think to be honest Darren Stewart was a probably a perfect sort of person for one nine five, which we kinda of got into a few weeks ago, but he's he's decided to make the jump to two oh five.
1: Yeah, he clearly weren't happy, was he? he? I reckon he probably had a dodgy weight cut or something and he weren't happy with that. And maybe he just needs a new lease of life. He's had a couple of that dodgy decision against Kevin Holland. Of course. Um, obviously he could have wound up felt and Derek Brunson at a weekend just gone. And obviously that illegal knee mate he just needs a new chapter, so um,
0: good luck, all the best, the dentist. Yeah, best wishes, and that wraps up our news. So this week, Matt, we got a big, actually, pay-per-view event with a title fight on the line, the biggest title fight in the world, the heavyweight division. It's what everyone kind of grows up sort of thinking about, and it, it brings kind of Good memories and good emotions into you, doesn't it? So it's exciting. But the card itself, not fantastic, not fantastic. But we will get into it. The main event probably earned your pay-per-view money on its own, doesn't it? Really, Steep, Steep, baby, Up against Francis and Garnu, big Frank. He's back. He's come for revenge. A obviously dominated him in that first fight. Just did fantastic, really. When you think about it, took a few punches. You know, it wasn't like he just didn't take a punch and just got lucky, took some very solid digs from Francis, and and dealt with him quite well. I mean, I guess you can look back and you can think, well, ideally he would have liked Stipe to finish that fight. But nevertheless, he got the win anyway, and Stipe since then had that trilogy with Daniel Cormier, kind of put that to bed very handily in those last two fights, in lots of ways. Probably only looks better than he did in the first fight, Stipe. So then the question you're looking at about Francis, Big Frank, is he going to look better than he did in that first Stipe fight? And you would hope so. You would think so. It's obviously been a little while. He's had plenty of time to to get some training and some learning in. I think he's brought Kabaro Usman in for the latter part of his camp. He's going to be in his corner at least this weekend. So potentially he's made some ground in the wrestling game. The only thing about it is in his last few fights, in the fights since then, you haven't seen him after wrestle. He's touched people. He's kind of breathed on people and they've just fallen over and gone to sleep. So we haven't really seen it be tested. What's his cardio going to be like? Is he ready to go five rounds with Stipe? Because we all know Stipe is ready to do that. You know, I think quite rightly, Francis is going to be getting a lot of hype. And if you look at the bookies, I haven't seen the odds. You're probably going to be going into the fight with Francis being a favourite. And I can see why, because it takes one punch. And we've seen it. Like It's, it's not like this is a, one of those, oh, it's heavyweights and it only takes one punch. It's Francis and Garner and you've seen him end it with one punch multiple times. So... I can understand why Francis would be favoured, but for me, I'm going with my man Stipe all day long. He won the first fight. I can't remember what the scorecards were. He probably won it 5-0. Took all his best punches. Didn't really get wobbled, I don't think. He probably stung him a couple of times, quite rightly. But yeah, I think Stipe's improved since then as well. He's comfortable being the heavyweight champ. He takes a nice big break in between fights. I think Stipe's got more ways to win this one. It's like the fight we had... Last week, Adesanya stepping up to fight Jan Blahovic. and you're looking at you were looking at Adesanya KOs and things like that, wouldn't you? Head kicks, striking, stuff like that. But we always thought Jan had more ways to win it. Then I feel like Stepe has more ways to win it now. Matthew, what say you?
1: I think you've just basically said everything to a T. What's going to happen? I mean, I don't know why you can sort of really back against Stepe after what happened last time. We've seen more of Stepe, and he's looked better than he did in that first fight. Francis, on the other hand, what, bar the Derek Lewis fight where he didn't really move, um, he's just touched people when they've gone down. We haven't actually seen him grapple. Bringing in Kamara Usman, the last bit of your training camp, I think, is there, just for your for the eyes. He's not really going to do much. He's not going to transform his grappling yeah. ability, is he? No. Over the course of, uh, what, a few weeks, a few training sessions and shouting a couple of things during a fight. It might help in certain situations, but over a world-class athlete and champion and the best heavyweight of all time. I don't know if that's going to cut much ice, to be honest. Yes, you can see the reason why he might be favoured. There's a lot of hype and a lot of money probably going on him. That's probably one reason the odds are in his favour uh, and the fact that he can touch him and he goes down in just once in 25 minutes. So I think that's where the that's where people think he's probably going to get it done. But Stipe, I just, I just can't see how it's going to go any differently. I just don't understand where... Apart from a flash knockout, Francis is going to get it done. Um, and if you've beaten someone before over 25 minutes, chances are you're just going to to do it again.
0: Yeah, and on paper, Steve, he is the greatest heavyweight of all time. And if he gets it done over Francis, I think it's hard to argue then. I think he's put, I think not only is it on paper, it's there for everyone to see for a second time, no less. So I do think he can really cement himself this week in the, in the kind of hearts and minds of everyone watching as the greatest ever. Francis. As I said, I don't really fancy him in this one. But if he gets a win, it'll probably be exciting. You'll probably get a rematch out of it. You probably you won't even get another... Well, I guess the rematch would be the trilogy, wouldn't it? You might get. You might end up having four goes at this, which would be entertaining, I suppose. But although I guess John Jones has got to step in at some point. But, yeah, good fight there. And someone else who's back is Sean O'Malley. Obviously, after his calf kick injury, wasn't it, last time? is that against Tom...
1: pesky calf
0: kick. Oh, where do they keep coming from? But yeah, he's up against Thomas Almeida, who lost his last three. So Thomas Almeida is good, but I guess Matthew, I'll leave this one to you. You're probably looking at a nice little bounce back for Jan Scholzey.
1: Scholzey, yeah, I think it's a layup for him. I know Almeida's he is decent. Um, he's not looked half the fighter he was about five years ago, though. It's a favourable matchup. He's a stand-up fighter. Obviously, that didn't work out well for O'Malley last time out. But I think putting him on what is he co-main or just on the main card of such a huge pay-per-view like this they're not giving up on O'Malley just yet they've plowed a lot of money into him he's very marketable um so the UFC haven't given up on him just yet and I think they've given him a bit of a uh, bit of a leg up here with Almeida I fully expect O'Malley to get back in the win column
0: yeah I would as well I would as well the next one is maybe a little bit more intriguing Tyron Woodley do you expect him to get back into the win column lost three in a row he's up against Vicente Luque who's won his last two finished both of them Look very impressive himself with title aspirations. Woodley, you know, this could be could be a little bit. You know, I don't want to go. I don't want to sound too dramatic, but it could be a little bit of a a, a depressing moment if things don't go his way this weekend. Four losses on the bounce for Woodley. This would be to Luke. You know, he's, I think who's he lost to? Uh, Cummington, Usman... Burnsy. and Burns. So the top three losing to Luke. Fourth one on the bounce. It would be tough, and it would be. It, it, you know, it would be slightly depressing without going too far because Tyron Woodley—he was a good champ. He gave us some fantastic fights, and it's just all seems to fall apart a little bit. But i the same man. I, I like Luca as well, so uh, you know, I don't know. Should be a good it's weird, fighter.
1: That's it? no, weird, isn't it? Because it's not like it's the the usual back end of a career. Sad to see former champion get KO'd all the time and stuff. You know, with the chin's gone and stuff like that. He's just looked like he just can't be bothered. He's just half asleep, and he's just not really going through, gun shy. So I don't know, it's it's a little bit different to usual sort of downward spirals of former champions that we see. So I'm hoping he might actually sort of kick into gear in this one. Like you say, he's not fighting, excuse me, like you say, he's not fighting like one of the top three championship levels. He's fighting Luco, who in himself is a world-class fighter, dangerous, stand-up. Woodley's going to have to be on his guard. But it's a good fight for him to actually sort of kick on again and sort of reinvigorate his... His chances of having have a crack at a weight title. Luke on the other hand, I think great opportunity for him as well. Depending on what Woodley turns up, if the same Woodley turns up that turned up in the last three fights, Lukee will go through him because he's got heavy hands, probably heavier hands than the other three put together. So I don't know. It's a difficult one to call. You've got to just one. If you assume the same Woodley's going to turn up, and under that assumption, I think Luke might get it done.
0: And I reckon I'll just throw him to Wonderboy again because they're like, ah, well. We don't want you to do something, yet. Wonderboy, any? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, I think that's fair. Wonderful. Anything else to mention on there? Any, any, any standouts? Uh,
1: on the pre-prelims, you got Modestus uh, Bukakis. Probably butchered that name, but uh, Lithuanian, but he's London based, so give him a shout out. He lost to Jimmy Crook last time out, but he did win his debut uh, for the Cage Warriors light heavyweight. So good luck to him. Keep your eye out for that. Apart from that, Joe, I think it's a. Bit of a slim card, if you ask
0: me. It is a little bit, isn't it? And Obviously, it's had a big fight drop off, which doesn't help. So, should be a good one though.
1: Eighty dollars for
0: that? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy paying eighty dollars. I'd be getting Khabib to stream it to me, I think, if it's possible. <laughs> it's this, it's the main event, isn't it? It's the big one. It's the main event, and they're probably looking at O'Malley. Can he get a flashy little knockout there? Luke Woodley, can we get a flashy knockout there? And if you do, and the the, the main event is a complete barnstormer you probably walk away feeling quite happy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've got Karma Worthy on there as well. He always brings it. I mean, it, it has taken a bit of a hit. you losing out of a title fight. But, like you say, the main event sells itself. It's the heavyweight title. So, yeah, I'm I'm absolutely buzzing for it, let's be honest.
0: All right, that is us. That wraps us up. We are Mustard MMA. Thank you very much for listening. Do check us out on socials, Twitter, Mustard MMA, Instagram at TheMustardMMA. Give us a follow and a like and do all that good stuff. And also on your... On your Wherever you listen to your podcast, if you can, if they give have the option to like or leave a rating or subscribe or do any of that, please do. That would help us out, and that would uh, help get us going a little bit. Obviously, thanks for all your comments as well on the Instagram. It's good to give them, include them on the show actually, and give a little, you know, a little, a little alternative view. Get your thoughts on it as well, and bring that into the conversation. So we enjoyed that, Matthew. I enjoyed this one. Also, check out the website before we go. MustardMMA.com, we've got a blog on there as well. And you find all our previous podcasts if you want to listen to those. But, yeah, it's been a blast, Matthew. Everyone else, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.
1: See See you later, mates.